Well, we made it. They said it wouldn't happen. We got to a second episode of Kente Corner. Again, here I am, Bobby Bancroft, at Bobby Bancroft at Twitter. We've got the head casual Hoy himself, Andrew Geiger here. And back from our old days, the DMV Hoops podcast, now with a little website you might have heard of, The Athletic, Ben Standig. Ben, what's it like to be back? I mean, you know, if you're going to tell me I have to podcast about a certain Big East team that uh, plays in Chinatown, there's no two people I'd rather be talking about this than you two. At least that's something I will say since you guys are here. But, yes, happy to be here. Ben, I, uh, you can't see that I'm blushing on the other end of the line. Thanks for gracing us with your presence. Um, I'm glad you haven't forgotten the little people. <laughs> look, if, if you want to feel small, look at the people who the who the other people the athletic have hired, and you realize that they just haven't figured out they made a mistake with me. So uh, it's a it's a. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this: this is like uh, whatever. Like I I went to the NBA summer league, and we had a. Uh, it was an all hands on deck meeting for the NBA people, but also the college basketball people. And at night, after the meetings during the day, at night they had a reception in, the, in this hotel. You know, all your typical stuff: open bar, uh, some some bar food, that type of stuff. And so I walk over at one point to get some sliders. You know, I figure I've like I've talked to enough people. I, I've made some, you know, inroads with all these new colleagues. And I'm standing there, and somebody walks over to get a slider, and he says make some comment and he introduces introduces himself. He was like, Hey, I'm a uh, Seth Davis. I'm like, what the, huh. what the hell is going on here? Like Seth Davis is introducing me, himself to me while I'm getting a slider. It's like, that's the world I'm in now, which is not, not me bragging. It's me saying I'm definitely a little person. I promise you. I'm, I'm kind of more interested in how the slider was myself. The slider was good. I, 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 fun fact. After we talked for like 15 minutes, I let him know that I went to UMBC cause he had the infamous, uh, Sharpie uh, tweet about that game against Virginia. I was like, take that, pal. You may be my colleague, but take that. So moving on from sliders, which I believe is one of the um, 80,000 options on the Kenner League menu this summer. Um, we had more Kenner League. I'm not getting that one. I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm not getting that. They have a pretty a pretty robust menu. There's a lot of stuff that you can get you'd be you'd be pretty surprised about. But anyway, we're but, why we're... Can't, but, but, but hold on. Before you get into the players and all that stuff, I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, the whole lunch documentation thing. Why can't anyone take a picture of the food at Kenner League? You, you can. Okay. You can. You have to get it, though. Like, when, when, I, went, when I went, like, I, I only got, like, a Snickers bar. Like, I wasn't – I mean, no offense to anybody there. I'm sure it's all high-quality food. I'm not getting a slider at the Kenner League. Or hot but like, or any you, of that. but like you, you can take a picture and then get arrested and go to jail, or you can take a picture and get away with it. You're not supposed to take a picture of your food as action. long as Mac McClung isn't holding it. <laughs> Fair enough. Georgetown's got some people that will come up in the stands and get you if you take too many pictures and post them. Are they yeah. like and undercover? Or are the they players? Like, but are they like security people, or are they like? Like what? Who are these? Are they like hired goons? Who are these people? Um, I believe they just have people that will point you out, and then the they'll ask you nicely to stop. Uh, there is, you know, I have. I think was it two weeks ago we were there, and the cops came over and made some people leave where they were sitting. They were sitting kind of like in the part of Kenner where it goes from the actual stands, and then all of a sudden you're sort of like 
up on the second level where there's offices, but there's still like there's still some actual like temporary bleachers there. So it's just part of the Kenner charm. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's talk Bobby, some hoops. Bobby, did you ever get, Bobby, did you ever tell the story about how Greg Roberts almost came after me? Greg Roberts uh, is some of the Georgetown muscle, and uh, were, you, were you talking to DSR or Hopkins? I think it was DSR. I, I just like talking like humans. Like I don't think I was even interviewing him. I was just talking like, "Hey, how's it going?" He was asked very nicely to leave. <laughs> so that's where we are with our uh, Kenner uh, coverage. But anyway. They were back at it this weekend, and as you can expect, and there were some pretty good write-ups on the casual site, not by me, but pretty good write-ups. Another offensive showing by pretty much everyone, which is what you might expect from a league where there's not a whole lot of defense. But on Sunday, it was a pretty good matchup between Wahab and your seven, who are probably going to take the majority of the minutes that went to to Jesse and Morning, And, uh, Depending on your outlook on life, it was great because they both scored a lot. Depending on, you know, who was guarding who, they gave up a lot of points. But it was definitely it was definitely good to see the freshman from Flint Hill have some offensive game. You know, he's, he runs the court well. It looks like he's going to be a pretty good backup, all that kind of stuff. He's only a freshman. Your seven played at NC State for a couple years. So that's probably the best thing that came out of Sunday. I wasn't there very long. That's in my opinion. Now, the worst thing that came out of Kenner League, and it's terrible if it was your only chance to get out there, McClung was a no-show, which is going to happen from time to time, and it's just a total bummer. Not, not, not for him, but you know, every year there's a player or two that just, you know, they're they're just not there. And if you went for that reason, you're going to leave a little bit salty. Yeah, when you say no-show, was it an, a no-show or kind of the he was held out? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's really no clarity, and given that it's George Chen, I don't expect any clarity. But you know where I stand on this stuff again. I mean. The injuries for me are the biggest concern. If they don't play in Kenner League one weekend, I, I don't really care. Yeah, of course. It's just it's just all you know, it's just, you know, if some guy, you know, some big fan decides to go for one weekend, it's just a bummer. I know in the past it's yeah. happened to me. I was sort of expecting it to happen last week or a couple weeks ago when it was uh, Kinjo versus McClung. It didn't happen. Everyone got what they wanted. But you know, I just thought I'd throw it out there. Everyone nothing else really happened. I think people are kind of settling in. We're seeing, um, you know, what the freshmen can do. Alexander and Gardner are looking like they've got some stuff. Wilson's looking like a project. Everything else is sort of what you'd expect. I don't, I don't have any great Kenner League observations or nuggets based on, you know, this, this, uh, these pickup basketball games with refs that there's not a lot of defense being played. Ben was there with me a couple weeks ago. It's kind of, you know. Yeah, Ben, what's what's your take on on the action? Given that that was it, was it your first uh, first Kenner experience of the summer? It was probably unfortunately to be the last. I think the first weekend I was in Vegas for NBA Summer League. Then I went to Kenner. Did you go to Vegas? <laughs> I did. Are we making fun of me or something? <laughs> did I already say that like six times or something? Yes. Well, you you uh, you, you regaled our audience of four people with your Seth Davis story earlier. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, again. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, the, uh, and then last week, I, I don't know, whatever I was doing last week and probably something wizard related. And now 
I got this weekend. I got to go to Redskins <laughs> in Richmond, so I won't be. I basically will. I saw Kenner, and that's pretty much all. I saw one weekend, and that's all I saw. I really saw Bobby, one game. Just, Bobby, just, 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 just for the record here, in the minute that okay. he has spoken, he has mentioned Vegas, Wizards, and Redskins assignments. Is that correct? I thought I heard that correctly. If if you're playing a Ben Standing drinking game right now, and you're drinking, <laughs> you're probably not listening anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. But okay, Ben, well, go go well, for it. Uh, I mean, yeah. Look, I I don't think there's too much to, to offer. I mean, the game I saw was McClung and Kinjo, and I think both lived up to to, to what you would imagine. Uh, you know, I, I they, you know, Kenner League is what it is. I think the, I think the good opportunity is to see the freshmen and any you know new guys. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see your Taven, and um, I don't think any freshmen played in the game. I think well, I think Alexander played a little bit in the game right before, but at that point, I think I was talking more to Rich Fodkin than I was watching the game. So, um, look, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the, the the best I can add to this is, and here comes another uh, uh, dr- uh, drop you're going to make fun of me on, but uh, <laughs> yesterday I was at the Wizards press conference when they introduced their whole new power structure there, which included uh, JT3, we, we may be talking about that, him being involved with them. And so from that, like, oh, you know, Georgetown was part of the conversation of the day and then talking to somebody who's on top of things, like their take was that in terms of this team, the Georgetown team now, you basically have Akinjo as the best player. And then from there, players like two through seven, two through eight, kind of, I, I don't know if I would agree with this, but like effectively kind of comparable, the, the, the gap between two to eight, they don't view it as being – dramatically different and considering that right now he said to me what's georgetown i would say akinjo mcclung leblanc your tavens is based on his reputation and what he did in the acc you know is, is there and then it's sort of you well know, we know mosley we know blair you know the freshman we'll see but the fact that you know you would label the next four or so guys not you know that they can play that that's a different place we've probably been in from in georgetown in the last couple of years so that seems encouraging. That that's a, that's probably more I can offer than telling you what I saw at Kenner League. Well, since you brought it up <laughs> in the Georgetown podcast, John Thompson the third is not not that he wasn't employed. He was obviously doing TV stuff. We've seen him do a lot of the uh, American Athletic Conference games on ESPN two last couple of years. He's now employed back kind of in the same building. I know the Wizards moved a little bit down the road, but they still play their games at Capital One Arena, which is where Georgetown played their games. He's back. Ben, can you tell us what he's actually doing for, I guess it's not just the Wizards, it's Monumental, which covers the G League, WNBA, and, I guess, video game players? Uh, <sighs> I, I, So, you know, if I told you, 48 hours ago, hey, guess what? JT3 is joining the Wizards. Your thoughts would be either A, oh, he's going to be an assistant coach or Scott Brooks, or he'll be in the front office in some capacity. And you just, you know, you imagine the front office, some sort of scouting or personnel or something like that. No, they had to give this guy some job that's like some sort of hybrid of like it's it's in the front office but it's dealing with like the players on more like a human level. L- let me try to read you as best I can from the from the press release, and you tell me what his job is. All right, hold on here. 
I swear if it mentions Vegas at all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, Wait, I assume what? the press release came from Vegas. <laughs> uh, no, it came from Capital One Arena, though. I had not mentioned that one yet. Uh, oh, all right, hold on. So, 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 I'm, I guess, so here's, the, here's part of the special agent. Um, part of the new organizational structure, Ted Leones has also announced a new athlete development and engagement department that will be led by former Georgetown coach John Thompson III. Um, I mean, right there, did I tell Do you know what this is? No. No. I mean, right. He's like some sort of secretary of education for athletes. Yeah, so so then it goes on to say Thompson will use his vast experience uh, to lead a team that will focus on maximizing players' potential both on and off the court, employing a holistic development holistic approach. Holistic. Ooh. A development approach. The department will focus on financial literacy post-playing career opportunities and the overall empowerment and development of the athletes. So, yeah. So I said to JT3, I'm like, dude, I've read the, I read the press release. I just listened to an hour press conference. I still don't have a freaking clue what your job is. And uh, I, at that, oh, more importantly, I asked his father who was there. I said the same thing to him. He's like, oh, I don't know. You have to ask your, you have to ask him. It's up to him to tell you. I, 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 I don't know what to say. Uh, so he, he couldn't offer any help. But basically, with Jade, on the, uh, I'll put it like this. So on the record, it's what I think you probably just heard me say. He's some sort of a guy who's there to help. You know, he's obviously a, a, got a lot of basketball thoughts. Clearly, the Wizards organization will tap into those in some capacity. But, he, but they're developing this program to essentially help the players effectively. I think it's not just be better people, but feel that the organ, they're connected to the organization, that the organization cares about them beyond putting up points and that they want to feel they want that connection to go both ways and this is one way to do that i i I suspect there's more basketball side to this than that press release just said but for now that's what the press release just said so it's an interesting job considering you know we you know we i think probably the three of us spent most of the off season here thinking oh is jt3 about to be the new coach of gw or virginia tech or whatever else or is he going back to right. ESPN and instead he's got this job where, uh, what? Okay, uh, sure, well, whatever you want, man. I don't know. So uh, seems happy. Uh, I'm sure he he wouldn't have taken it. He he didn't have to take it. I mean, he could have gone back to doing what he was doing, working with ESPN, but also USA Basketball, which I know he liked. But uh, here we go. Yeah, I guess uh, you know my take is if his ultimate goal is to get back on the sidelines in some fashion, whether it be for another you know, D1 school or whatever. I'm not sure this, you know, is a, is a step forward. Um, it seems like he didn't get a gig this off season, which is fine. Maybe do another year of broadcasting that keeps you close to the game and then, you know, get involved in the coaching carousel again in you know, in March, but his family's still in the DC area. Is that right? So I, I guess it keeps him home. It keeps him away. You know, he doesn't have to be on the road all the time calling, American conference games and God knows cities, you know, wherever they play. Um, so, you know, I, I guess it, 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 right. Um, so it, it, it's obviously happy about it. Keeps him, keeps him in DC, keeps him close to the family. So more power to him. I not, again, I'm not sure if that 
title that he's assumed within Monumental, is that like a void that needed to be filled? Like were the former players saying, you know what, if I only felt that the organization supported me more later in life, I, I feel much more part of a Wizards community. I, it just seems kind of a weird title. So maybe you're right. Maybe there's there's more to it. Maybe he will have some input as to some of the, you know, whether it be play designs or X's and O's, I don't know. But I guess for the Wizards, it's always good to have more of an assembly of basketball minds in the front office. Yeah, yeah I mean, without I turning this into a Wizards discussion, part of their whole thing beyond how do they survive without John Wall, do they try to break, trade Bradley Beal, blah, blah, blah. They need to fix the culture there. Like, they need to fix, you know, I mean, it, it, people use these, you know, buzzwords all the time. But, you know, the, to be a Wizard for the last X amount of years has been comical, by and large. They need to turn that around so it's a positive thing, that it's, you know, hey, if you come here, it means X, Y, and Z. And I think, to their credit, they're trying to find ways – to do that. It isn't just, I mean, they got to win, but they got to figure out ways to sort of make being there a good thing, not, not a joke. And they believe that this is that type of thing that, that hopefully steers them in the right direction. Again, how JT three fits in, I don't know, but uh, that's where I think this sort of, I mean, cause they, they didn't just do that. They hired a formal football executive to help yeah. with some of their like creativity and, initi- and initiatives and, um, you know that they, you know, they they promoted three people in the organization, including the new general manager. So they did a lot of stuff, and the fact that JT three was one of them was like, oh, all right, that's uh, pretty uh, pretty wacky. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and not to linger on uh, the, the Wizards and stuff, but but Sashi Brown, I mean, I think that's an interesting hire. Um, you know, I, he kind of got the boot from the Browns organization, but he's. I guess considered the architect of their game plan to get back to respectability. And he was kind of the, uh, the fall guy for some of the crap that went on a couple of years ago, but a lot of their draft picks were due to his moves. And I guess, is he going to be assisting the GM at all or is monumental completely a separate entity? No. So all basically they announced three outside hires, including JT3 and Sashi Brown. They announced three promotions or maybe four promotions internally. And part, and then the bigger part of it is that they're making monumental, they're creating something called monumental basketball. So it's not just the wizards, but it's also the G league team, the WNBA team and the esports, the esports team. I can't stop laughing every time I think that we're now, they put the esports essentially on the same level as the NBA team. Um, but all the, oh, so that's the thing. What JT3 is doing in theory, his division, it isn't just working with the Wizards. It's working with everything I just said. So hypothetically, he could be helping Bradley Beal in whatever these endeavors are. He also could be helping Elena Daldon with the Mystics. He could also be helping, I don't even know what the names are of the people who play for the 2K, the, the, the Wizards 2K team, but that guy too. Um, and I asked JT3, I'm like, so wait, do you know anything about these things? He's like, my kids play. I'm like, okay, great. So <laughs> he'll have to learn. He'll have to learn that side of it. But um, but yeah. So they they put the whole basketball structure under one umbrella, and so everything that's now happening from Sashi Brown to JT three to whatever essentially is all being treated in some way under the same roof. But by the way, have have either of you guys been to one of those games at the? Uh... I guess where the go goes play is, is is that it looks like a decent arena. I mean, is that some place you it'd be, can see? It'd be a great place. Playing? It'd be a great place for Georgetown to play like 
the last couple of yeah. years, most of their non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. no, I mean, right. I mean, have to do a round outside of the arena. I don't think it'd be a real big hit. Oh no, there's literally nothing. Or there's, I mean, it is. There's nothing there. I mean, it, it's not a great part. Of, I'll just be honest. It's not a great part of town. That's why they put this there. They're hoping that this arena, you know, sparks some some economic revitalization or whatever in that part of the area. But like right now, there is nothing there. So like it's you go to the game and you leave and that's it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yes, in terms of the arena itself, it's uh, uh I mean, it's newer. I, I'd probably say the closest thing in town would be like probably the Smith Center, you know, sort of like that size and the, you know that 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 sort of atmosphere. I mean, you're kind of you know, there's no bad seat. You're right on the top of it, so it, it's cool. I think it's it's good. It's just you know, like anything else, gonna have they're gonna have to. Uh, Develop a you know de- develop the, the the city around it for for it to be open a real sort of place to want to go. So with with this with this move by JT three, are the Thompsons the first family of basketball in this area? When you consider that John Thompson Jr. has never really left Georgetown, I believe he has an office there still, and he, he's still appeared. His presence isn't as big as it used to be, but he's still at most Georgetown games. He used to be part of the press conferences. Well, not part, but he was in the back deciding when he wanted to, you know, dip his toe into the into, into the back and forth. And then Ronnie is doing something at Georgetown. He's there. I see him at Kenner League. I see Big John at Kenner League. So the Thompsons are still, they're pretty much all over Washington basketball. I mean, is, that, is there a family that's, that's bigger than them in D.C.? I mean, Morgan Wooten is—he's still alive, right? Yeah, I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. He is. Okay, well, so I mean, he's not currently active as a coach, neither is he. But I—I I mean, maybe he's at the Mathic games. I have no idea. But obviously, his son is a—is a big deal on the on the high school front. But yeah, I mean, I can't. Uh, I mean, sure, I—it I, I, seems it seems a reasonable scenario. I mean, one thing I do think is funny is it, it to, to your point, like. If J if JT two wanted to go to every Georgetown and Wizards game, he'd be at the at that arena an awful lot. He'd be there more than me at this point. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean the, the fact that JT three is coming back to the, not just if he has his job, it's going to be literally in the same building in which he you know coached for the for for a decade or so. Literally, I mean I asked him every time a Georgetown player comes in, whether it's an Otto Porter was playing for the Wizards or. So, you know, Greg Monroe would come in, and if I would talk to them, I would often make some comment about, hey, we're sitting in the locker room, in a professional locker room, 10 steps away from where the Georgetown locker room was. You know, what did you ever think about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now I get to ask, I never thought I would ask JT3 that, and here we are. So, yes, I mean, they're certainly the lords of the uh, Capital One Arena, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. What What about the mirror sounds? (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say the Murasans would be a close second. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to take a look at that ESPN feature called Chasing Ghosts. I think a lot of the, some of the talking heads uh, on ESPN kind of chimed in on their thoughts on the Thompson legacy and the, I guess, the, the succession uh, post-Thompson. They talk about Esherick a little bit and Don Thompson third, and then now Ewing 
Uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting article. If you haven't checked it out, you can just Google Chasing Ghosts Thompson and it should pop up. Um, I thought it was a pretty good assessment. I thought, you know, they pretty much had like Jeff Goodman and Jeff Borzello and Lunardi and Meyer Metcalf offered some of their opinions on various topics. Anything strike you in that, Bobby? Just that it was sort of a, I thought that they were all pretty, pretty uh, nice to Georgetown in that. I think everyone, I was looking for, not looking, but I was expecting maybe more criticism and everyone pretty much views Georgetown, like, you know, even though it is all Thompson related, they think everything's going well and all that kind of stuff. There wasn't much talk about should there have been a separation after parting ways with JT3. I also thought it was really interesting and like, the series Chasing Ghosts makes sense to me, but they included some schools that I felt, why are you including them? As far as, you know, they had they had UCLA, which, like, they've done fine. You know, they had UNC. And I, it just, I feel like Georgetown is sort of more unique than those schools. When you look at UNC, obviously, they've never really taken a step back, but they did something different where they had their guys sort of go away and come back. And I think that's what I was a little bit surprised none of the people, the the reporters really talked about is the idea that like Georgetown was never really prepared for life after Thompson Jr. In that they well, didn't like. I think, I, I think a lot of that was there though. They, they, they talked about how there were either, there were two choices for Georgetown post JT3, either go a completely different direction, but they really couldn't do that because of the presence of Thompson Jr. And the fact that his name was on the, you know, athletic center and stuff, and that um, you couldn't have had a situation like UNC where you kind of go outside the program or you, you kind of step away and then someone else comes back just because of the overwhelming presence that is Thompson, you know? And then unless the only way to do that would have been for, for to have him to step away, and that would have been completely awkward too because, again, that practice facility just had just opened. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just thought... They still fired his son. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, JT3 was one step, but the deeper step, you know, which would have been more difficult for everyone, would have been Thompson Jr. You know, for him to step away in some capacity would have been, I think, much more difficult given his, you know, longer roots within the within the program. Sure. Um they did also talk about Ewing a lot. I mean, they, they mentioned that by all accounts, Ewing has exceeded expectations. I guess I would tend to agree with that. Um, really? Not sure what the ex. Ah, I mean, I'm not sure what the expectations really have been for the first two years, but the product is much more <laughs> exciting. It seems like the talent level is there. Um, I think year three, this upcoming season, is going to be the one that's going to really shape my answer there because this team really should make the tournament. If they don't, you know, I'm going to say that he has not exceeded expectations. Um, but if they do, and maybe they win a game, then, hey, they're they're right there. Why would why if would you think that he has not exceeded expectations? Because they haven't really, I mean, they haven't really, they haven't really done anything. I mean, they, they manufactured a non-losing record in his first year. And then last year, they had pretty good, I'd say pretty good roster. Obviously, it was very young, but all the young players were really good. And they kind of went about 500. So I guess 
if you were expecting Ewing to be terrible, then they've sort of exceeded expectations. But I think they've kind of it's basically just they've been they've been reloading while they've been treading water. So I wouldn't, but I just right. I, I say that they've. I didn't think that he would do worse than this. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I guess do you think do you it'll, think it'll, he's done the do you think he's done the best that he could have with the roster? Well, here, here's what I would just say. I think if you think if one if one thinks he ex- they they've exceeded expectations, you assume that Patrick Ewing would be an utter failure because I don't understand. Like but to Bobby's point, I mean, I think he's like, recruiting. It seems like he's done a reasonably decent job, um, all things considered. But you know, I, I have no. I still to this day have no idea if he can do X's and O's. I mean, we can't we can't tell because it's been so up and down both in terms of the schedule, but also the. Just feel you know, he's he's getting used to the college game and and the whatever like I, in in the last five minutes of a big game is he going to be the guy who can be the difference maker from from the sideline I'm not con- I don't I can't sit here and say that but um and so therefore I don't know how to me he, well, he hasn't exceeded expectations but if you just assumed well this guy couldn't get an NBA job therefore it must be a disaster oh well he hasn't completely fallen on his face sure then 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 I guess he's exceeded expectations. I think that's that's a fair take. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, I, I I'm not all the way at that end of the spectrum. Um, I feel like he's done a pretty good job with the roster. I feel like he's done a good job in a mere two years of turning Georgetown from, you know, reputation of some slow plotting Princeton offense team to the most up tempo offense in the entire Big East. That's a pretty radical change in just two years, especially since year one he had that holdover roster essentially. Um, and I think this year we're only, we're only going to play faster and it'll be more exciting. I think he's changed the brand of, bas- of Georgetown basketball to make it more alluring for recruits. Uh, we talked about in the last podcast about not, he hasn't really landed the big fish yet. Again, maybe if he does that, that would certainly help things. Uh, we're talking, I guess, five stars or elite four stars, if that exists. Um, but I would say he's exceeded expectations. But I, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah, no, the, the, the Chase and the Go series was definitely pretty cool. They included some schools I was surprised, like why even include UMass? And, you know, they had like a little bit of a run there. Um, it was definitely cool to get an outside view of Georgetown. But I I do think that uh, it was very, it was, it was very nice. And I thought that um, I was expecting ESPN just because of the whole Big East relationship them to maybe crush Georgetown and I was pleasantly surprised that they did not take the actually I was even surprised they included them because it's ESPN and they don't have you know those biggie schools I was a little bit surprised that they were even included them St. John's DePaul is it good if three of the schools included are all in the biggies um that's probably a different topic. I mean, it's all, as, as somebody who was in media it's all about the clicks my man and Georgetown has way more clicks than most of those in the school there People are interested okay. in the Thompsons and Ewing and all that stuff. So. And, uh, yeah. and our uh, Empire Classic games are going to be on ESPN. So. Which is great. Which is great. Well, hey, Ben, I'm going to let you go here and let you get back to Las Vegas. I know you're probably itching to get back there. <laughs> well, um, wait, I have a – but I, I have a – I know you guys probably on this uh, uh, highly produced podcast, you probably typically have like a mailbag segment. I, I don't have a question, but I have a suggestion. Okay. Because I know you got to like you. You guys are, you know, part of a media conglomerate. Uh, you got to like, you know, put up content throughout the summer. Here's you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to speed is... it up though. I've I've got a I've got a producer in my ear telling me that this uh, 
this uh, call has to end soon. And I've I've got a flight to Vegas to catch. So yeah, speed it up. Oh, good lord! The you know the, this the, the the tournament that all that, that that's going on now with the TBT thing that Austin Freeman's like playing with the George Mason guys, and there's no Georgetown team because I don't know. I'm very sad Hoyo about was, that. Right, Caswell Hoya was too busy uh, taking over the world to to put together a team or whatever. So I have plenty so to say about this, but yeah, go ahead. Here's my suggestion for from a written content standpoint. What would be the actual Georgetown team? Let's just say within the current Big E. So since the new Big E's formed, just to not include Ewing and everybody, what would be the actual Georgetown team if you could do it? Not just necessarily the best ten players, but like the reality. What would be the starting five? Who was the sixth man, the seventh man, whatever? And then you could do it. Have the other Big E's uh, blogs do the same thing and then play it out, and then obviously Georgetown. They're would actually win, having but... teams though. Right. Huh? Well, I think that's a good suggestion. I think we can we we can talk about that for uh, the first ever episode three of the Kendrick Corner podcast, which will be next week. Deal. All right, Ben, Andrew, it was great, and I'll see you guys next week. All right, guys. Thanks.